if you got your hymn book in your hand, turn to page 139. I, I tell you, I, I went to church for many, many, many years with Brother Lance Carpenter. And he stood in this congregation, in this tabernacle, and, and led many, many revivals. I mean, only heaven knows how many. And Brother Dean, he never started one that he didn't start with page 139, singing about the blood at Calvary. And he told me from the time I was 11 or 12 years old all the way up till I'm 30 now. And he, all those years, he kept telling me, page 139 at Calvary, we kick them all off of that. So 139 tonight at Calvary. Years I spend in vanity and
think the Lord have us sing it again. So I'll cherish the old rugged
Solomon in the middle of your Bible, the second chapter. Song of Solomon and the second chapter. 
Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for help from another world. Now, Lord, take the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, the preaching hour, and make it what you meant for it to be unto the church. And in this hour, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Song of Solomon and the second chapter. Good to see our friends and our brothers and sisters and this wonderful flock. Thank the Lord for it. Song of Solomon. It's going to be a good week. I hear we're eating at least three nights. It'll be a good week. Song of Solomon and the second chapter. Thank the Lord for everybody that made it. And isn't this uh, symbolic of this year? See, our, our friends can't be here. I like to sit over there with the old men so I look young. And uh, different time, different place. And uh, the Lord will let us hang around here this week. I personally believe we're at the end of the church age and at the end of the end of it. And we're tiptoed on the threshold, peeking over into the tribulation period by accident, seeing signs not even meant for the Gentile bride to see. God's pulled the Holy Ghost off this nation. The uneasy feeling that you feel is the fact that you're living for the first time in your life. You're living in a pagan nation. We were a Christian nation until the middle of March. And the Lord's pulled His Holy Ghost off. And that dark green cloud rushed in. And God is now drawing the Gentile nations together to get them against Jerusalem. Here in a little while, our lion will quit roaring. He's got a, this will be funny, but it's not meant to be funny. He's got a yellow mane and orange skin, and he roars. And he's the most unusual thing you've ever seen, but God's got him right where he wants him. And when he came out, of that St. John's Church and held up that King James Bible. I thought the Lord came back. Amen. Some of you haven't yet figured out I'm talking about the president. And, and uh, the Lord's got us in probably the most eventful time. Uh, my, some of my good friends are more dedicated than others. and They're doing their best to go back to normal. We ain't going back. We're going up, and uh, we're going out, and uh, the Lord will have us talk about it this week, and I want to say unto you, child of God, <laughs> let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. We're separated from our friends. They can't be here with us. I mean, Brother Tim's here, but you know, our, our good friends, none of them are good be here. Sorry, Tim. And... Uh, I was in Alabama, Tuscaloosa, a month ago. 
little five-year-old boy, uh, Hunter Jones. He, we're in the middle of this corona. You probably know this. Corona is a Latin-based word. It means crown. It's coronation. Corona. It's crowning season. A lot going on. Well, he brought me a picture. And I wasn't too far from the University of Alabama, so I did need encouraging. It was bad. I stand at the Lord's table at the end of the service. He brought me a picture. And I was looking at it. And the little fella rebuked me. He was barefoot and so was his mama. <laughs> I was in Alabama. Did I mention that? And uh, he said, no, no, Brother Dean. You're looking at the wrong side. He said, that's the that I want you to look at. Yeah. I was looking at this side. He said, I didn't want you to see that side. He said, I want, and he snatched it out of my hand and turned it around for me. He said, I want you to see that side. What if the Lord lets us sit down here for a week and get our eyes off of that Get our eyes on that right there. <laughs> he colored that one, Brother David, with uh, blue and yellow, and it made it green. That's the world we're living in. That green, toxic poison. It turned us into communist China, didn't it? We have to obey the government right in our own living room. They tell us how to act and where to stand. Me and Preston and Chloe just came from somewhere in Georgia in the elevator. Stand here. We went in the elevator, and there's two sheets in the exact corner. Yeah, stand in the corner. So we did. Me and Chloe did. Preston was embarrassed, even though it was only three of us in there. <laughs> we got in the corner, and we stood there. Maybe we can get our eyes off of this. Get our eyes on this. Got good news for you, children of God. We may go through some suffering and persecution before we leave. I don't know. That's not our call. But the church was born in the fire, and she might leave out in the fire. The rapture is not so Americans can get out of suffering. It's not the purpose of the rapture. The rapture is to call the church out at the end of the church age. And ate a lot of Christians in a lot of other places besides America. Very interesting, the two world wars was all about Israel. 1900s has been setting up for the second coming. World War I prepared the land for the people, the Jews. World War II prepared the people for the land. 1948 declared Israel again a nation. Brother Dent, it dawned on me in the last four months now that every conflict we've had military since then has been from the Far East. Every one since he got Israel right. Korea in the 50s. Vietnam in the 60s. And then Iran, Hezbollah terrorists in the 70s. 
Saudi Arabia, the oil, Jimmy Carter, y'all ever heard of him? <laughs> Some people here have hunted on his land illegally. I shouldn't mention that out loud. <clears throat> but <clears throat> I know things on people. And, uh, and then the 80s and 90s brought us the Muslims and the Operation Desert Storm Afghanistan. That 200 million man army, they'll be heading over in a little bit, coming over to destroy Jerusalem. Well, I'm glad I'm on the Lord's side. Amen. Amen. Maybe the Lord. Let us look at this this week. <laughs> Amen. Are y'all in song? I had to do that commercial so y'all could find the Song of Solomon. <laughs> song of Solomon. Amen. Chapter 2, if the Lord will help me for a little while. I, tonight, I want to preach 20 minutes. I want to do that so badly, I may do it four times in a row. <sighs> no, I've seen the cooks in the kitchen. I'm headed for the end of this sermon. <clears throat> Hadn't the Lord been good to us? If the Lord will touch us for a little while, look at Song of Solomon chapter 2. I feel led to preach this. The Lord's give this to me in the last seven days. And uh, I want to bring it to us tonight. Pardon me. I appreciate my monogram. Hankies right there. Amen. I got 20 of them. While ago. The big M. Jennifer told me to quit doing this to my nose while I was in front of people. But I still do it. So. <clears throat> Corona. Chapter 2, verse 1. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. It looked like they're taking turns talking about each other. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Stay me with flagons. Let me be strong and continue to stand. Stay me with those pouches of wine. Comfort me with apples. If flagons was the wine, then apples are the word. Proverbs, you know, the Bible interprets itself. As apples of gold and pictures of silver, so are the words of the Lord. Right. And if that <clears throat> flagons the Holy Spirit, a portion of wine, then that apple is a portion of the Word. By the way, that's all we got, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures. Y'all got to talk to me right there. That's all we got, that's all we need. Now we do have one more thing, and that's the Holy Saints. The Lord's give us the church. That's the banqueting house in the previous verse. <clears throat> well, she said at the end of verse 5, <clears throat> For I am sick of love. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. And then she says, I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field. Now that's the little red 
deer of the Mediterranean climate and those hinds, those little red deer, that ye stir not up nor awake, my love, till he please. She said, he's here in the house and I don't want to disturb him. I don't want to, let's leave him be so he'll stay here with us. Well, if you look at the end of verse 5, she was love sick. That's where that term comes from, being love sick. Me and Jennifer are getting a little more goofy and silly. It's, I've turned 51. I didn't know the, the older you get, you head back to your second childhood. I've been heading there for a while. And, uh, oh, Lord, we just plumb ooshy-gooshy. We gross the kids out all the time. And I'm still love sick over my bride. And right here, this term, she said, I'm sick of love. And she was uh, just full of love and love sick. If the Lord will help me for a minute, I want to walk through these scriptures and uh, preach in your presence tonight on love sick longings. Now, y'all ought to feel special. I don't ever have a title. <laughs> I'll let y'all figure out whatever the sermon is before it's done. But tonight I've, I've got a title, and I'm a little impressed with it. It's got a little ring to it, I'll be honest with you. I don't have many of them, but I'm proud of this one. <laughs> Love sick longings. Lord, to help me, I want to show you some things right here in the Scriptures. Thank God she... Three things! Let me show you them three real quick. These are my three main points, and then we'll talk about them as we need to. Number one, in the first seven verses of chapter two, I want you to notice the darling that she longed for. The darling that she longed for. Verse three, I sat down under his shadow with great delight. His fruit was sweet to my taste. She's remembering this love time. He brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was, was love. And in verse 6, his left hand under my head, his right hand embraces me. And oh, she says, he's here and don't y'all disturb him. The darling that she longed for. And then I want you to notice in verse 14, the dove that she longed for. Another title, a term of endearment she had in verse 14. Oh, my dove. That art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice. <clears throat> For sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. Now, if that darling, I'm pretty sure we'd all agree, that's a picture of the Son of God. And then here, verse 14, this dove, that's a picture of the Spirit of God. The darling that she longed for. The dove that she longed for. And then look in verse 17. The day that she longed for. Until the day break and the shadows flee away. She had a prayer. While she was waiting on the day to break, she had a prayer. She said, turn, my beloved, and be thou like the roe or a young heart. Upon the mountains of Bethair. Now, these mountains of Bethair, very interesting. I got maybe 10 or 12 
commentaries on the Song of Solomon. I tried to collect them through the years. They're a little hard to find. And uh, they're hard to locate. Commentaries, preachers. Of course, and for you young preachers and you Bible students, I don't see a commentary or a book on the shelf. I see a preacher. That's a preacher. And I pull a preacher off the shelf. That was somebody who loved the Word of God so much, they wrote books about the book. Talk to me now. And I don't pull a book off the shelf. I pull a preacher off the shelf. Let him talk to me. That's not a commentary on the shelf. That's a preacher on the shelf. And I pull them preachers off the shelf. And some years ago, I pulled them down, began to study them. I love the Song of Solomon. And probably when I started pastoring at age 21, it was the first series that I got into. I didn't mean just the Lord put it in my heart. And I got to, well, that was after two months of pastoring, and I thought it'd take me two years to tell them everything I knew. It took about a month, and then I just repeated the second month. Then I, oh, my word, i got to pick up a Bible. There, time. I thought I knew more than this. But <laughs> preached on tithing one time and thought they'd all start tithing. <laughs> Some of them running through there half naked. I preached on modest clothing and I thought, you know, I told a friend the next day, we got that fixed. I preached on it last night. <laughs> Turned out everybody in Florida still went naked after a decade. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so anyway, I had to start reading the Bible of all things. And uh, so there I was. I got in the Song of Solomon. Boy, the Lord, let me study and dig in there. And I've done some preaching Oh, the Lord let me preach. Last week, I was at, two weeks ago, ten days ago, a week and a half ago, I'm not sure how many days ago, I was in South Carolina and preached out of the Song of Solomon. And here come a little white-haired lady and she came right up to me and she patted my hand like we knew each other, so I acted like we knew each other. Turned out we knew each other. And she was an evangelist wife, old Harold Leak. And he's dead and gone, but she held my hand. She said, how old are you now? I said, I'm 51. She said, you were 22. I said, we had buried a child. And then you preached that week in a fellowship out of the Song of Solomon. She said, I can tell you everything you preached because it ministered to my heart. We cried a little while Shouted a little while, and her daughter came up with the grandbabies. But oh my, aren't you glad you got a Bible? Aren't you glad you got a Savior? Aren't you glad He can open up a flagon and give you a portion of wine? Not the kind that makes you drunk, but the kind that makes you strong. And He can give you an apple of gold in pictures of silver. Do you know sometimes just one word from the Lord is better than ten camp meetings rolled up in one. Better than twenty singings of my favorite singers. Better than five evangelists all in one sermon. Better than the greatest choir that sang for a week. One little word. Run a little apple through your system. One little word. And you can live on that thing and it'll never leave you. Amen. Maybe the Lord will do that for us this week. Amen. 
Well, what was we talking about? The day that she longed for. The dove that she longed for. The darling that she longed for. Now she was stuck in the mountains of Bethair. And I'd taken my little, some little preachers off the shelf. Bethair means division. Means darkness and division. Bethair was a rugged set of cliffs down there, the Jordan River. They were impassable. They were impossible. The only way you could get out was to back out maybe the way that you came. And those that were in the mountains of Bethair, if you found yourself up there, you were cut off from the land of the living. Everyone else was on the other side of Jordan. There you were, them death waters, where John buried Jesus in the form of baptism. The death waters of the Jordan, cut off from the land of the living, one preacher said. And uh, they were rugged. They were fierce. There she knew something about being cut off and stuck in a dark, divided place. Boy, don't you know there's a lot of people feeling like that in this hour. Oh, my. Well, here there's some lovesick longings. The darling she longed for. The dove she longed for. The day she longed for. We'll see how much of this that we need to lay out here tonight. I just uh, wrote this down over there. For four months in Corona season. All my meetings canceled, just about it. Just like our camp meeting here, canceled. But I started getting the strangest calls. And to be honest with you, I've been busy. And I've been in the strangest places. Empty sanctuaries with two phones and a camera. A pastor. A singer. Three people in the booth. I've been in strange places. Parking lots. And preaching under oak trees. And... and I was up in West Virginia near Pittsburgh and preached in a Bible camp with no campers. But they had 45 people who lived there, missionaries, evangelists, who worked the camp, usually seven straight weeks of camp. And uh, But the pastor of the church called me and said, Oh, there's no camp. And uh, our workers are deflated. I think they said since uh, the 40s. Oh, Joe Boyd, evangelist Joe Boyd, older than Jack Kyle. Jack Kyle came there and built half of it. Joe, evangelist Joe Boyd. I think 45 years they had camp there. First year, no camp. How many years has the camp meeting been going on around here? 35. I told somebody about 35 years. First year, no camp meeting. Uh, did I mention to you all already? He's shutting down church because he's shutting down church. Well, and he said, but my workers are deflated and defeated. And I went and preached in that great balcony and the tabernacle made the seat hundreds to 45 people, maybe six little families in there. And, uh, and then the lights wouldn't come on. The power got knocked out. Boy, you talking about strange seasons. Preached in the dark to a little beleaguered outfit 
that's wondering what was going on. That's the way it's been. And I got news for you. The Lord's people have some longings in their heart. Almost every night for four months, He gives me the message on the front row. <laughs> There's been a handful of nights that's not been that just two or three. And I've been chewing on this for a week, and you know it come to me like a like a flood of water sitting right over there. <laughs> I outlined chapter one, just sitting over there. It's amazing. Lord must be wanting to say something to y'all. Let's talk about that darling just for a moment. Let's talk about that darling that she longed for. I want to stop and say thank God that I know him and he knows me. Amen. Amen. What do you know about the Lord? Well, I know I sat down under his shadow with great delight. His fruit was sweet to my taste. Amen. I know he brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. That's where we're at tonight, in the banqueting house. I know he's stayed me with wine before. He's comforted me with apples before. I know he's held me and embraced me before. Well, the darling. Let's look back at chapter 1 at her darling. And I don't know. how. We'll just see how far we go tonight. Number 1. I, I wrote this down over there. Sitting by Brother Dent. Uh, verse 1 through 3. Notice how he loved her. The song of songs, which is Solomon's. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For thy love is better than wine. Because of the savor of thy good ointments, <clears throat> thy name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love thee. Well, I need to go pull my preachers off the shelf, and next week I'll tell people what all this means. <laughs> but I know this. I know this. I know how he loved her. He put a song in her. And it was the song of songs. The next verse was the kiss of all kisses. Thy love's better than wine. The savor of thy good ointment. Thy name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love. Look how he loved her. I tell you one thing, he left her with a song. Do you know our generation, this outfit, that's a that's a running loose and running wild in our street. They don't even sing no more. They can't sing it. They have to say it. It's called rap. And they have to say it. Say it angrily. Well, i got good news for you. He's put a song in our heart. And in the night, his song is with me. i got to think about Paul and Silas. At midnight, they prayed and sang praises unto God. Look how he loved her. Left her singing. Song of songs. I remember one year, Dad was in between churches. We lived in Tunnel Hill, Georgia, up in North Georgia, below Chattanooga. One year, he was in between churches. We lived right there in Tunnel Hill. Poor little neighborhood. Nice little houses, but poor and next to each other. We had never lived like that. Kind of a rough neighborhood at times. And uh, the weavers trying to kill the smiths. There was 40 weavers and 20 smiths. <laughs> Amen. And uh, I run into some weavers while I was there. Well, we stayed right in there for a year. You could open a little window, me and my brother Jason. There's me, Jason, Chad, our youngest brother, little sister. I had an older sister. 
you could open up our little window and our little bunk beds and almost reach out and touch the neighbor's house. Well, we heard something over there that we'd never heard. Cursing. There's a man, his wife, two little girls, a young couple. We heard glasses smashing at midnight. We heard police cars at 2 a.m. on the weekend. We heard an angry man swearing and shouting. We heard a mama screaming and crying. We heard babies crying. We heard hard music and rough music. We heard hell. Hell lives next door. Never will forget one day and his name was Steve. He, was, he had biceps on his biceps. He had... He had muscles on top of his thigh. His earlobes had muscles. This guy was just wrapped up in muscles. Young couple drinking and doping and cursing and killing. The law had to live next door. There we were. Daddy was a pastor in between churches. See, that was sound we wasn't used to hearing. Remember one day he tried to run her over. Some great old big metal car from the 70s. One of them Oldsmobiles maybe. Great old, and it was up on a tree and the radiator was smoking and she was laying in the yard crying. And we'd run out because we heard it all and dead, dead pretty big man. Dead had him down and whooping him to subdue him and also to relieve stress. Dead had him down, thumped him pretty good. Wouldn't let him go. And remember the law wheeled up there. Oh, I'd never lived down there where they live, out like Skid Row, see. And, uh, but it wasn't long after that. We heard something. Or actually, we didn't. We quit hearing something. It all got quiet over there. For about a day. On a Sunday morning, we walked out of our house to get in that long black Pontiac station wagon, 1966. Dad got it for $500 somewhere. Anybody ever been around Independent Baptist? Can I get away? That's right there. And uh, they used it to lead funeral processions. It had a red thing on it, light. We, Dad had more fun with that. If you're wondering where I get my honoriness. Yeah, we'd pull people over and then ride by. I think it's illegal, but don't be mentioning nothing illegal this week. They're arresting people for looking at you crossways. Well, we come out on our little porch with our little clothes and our little Bibles and going to church. And there was Steve and his little bride. And he had on a shirt that was too little, but he had a Bible. And she had on a little old short skirt. That's all she had. She had a little Bible. The two little girls, one holding daddy's hand, one holding mama. We looked at them, they looked at us, and he said, I got saved Friday night. <laughs> somebody, his mom or somebody, took him to a tent meeting. They're standing there looking so humble. He said, I got saved Friday night. Well, we had a little old AM Christian radio station out of Dalton. And you know me and Jason to keep that little window raised. There wasn't no more glasses breaking. There wasn't no more trees getting run over by cars. There wasn't no more sirens. There wasn't no more screaming and crying. You know what was coming out of that little house? 
music. They were playing the little gospel station. We'd look up over that little window at their little deck. And they was a singing and a smiling. He made a pastor. He sure did. He turned into a pastor. Oh, my, I'm going to tell you something about the Lord. He'll come down there and leave you with a song. And it's a song of songs. It'll be the greatest song. It'll be your song. He put a new song. Oh, look how he loved her. Kissed her with the kisses of Calvary. I heard Dr. Hiles preach that years ago. Psalm 89, I think, or Psalm 90, don't remember. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Reconciliation brought back together in love. Thank God He kissed me at Calvary. Amen. The heaven side of Him kissed the human side of Him. The righteousness side of Him reached over to the mercy side of Him. In one body, I read it by accident a while ago, flipped open to Job. There's no daysman betwixt us. Said Job, said, oh, if there were, I could come before him. I could, I could enter into his presence. I would present my cause. Well, thank God on Calvary, he became our daysman. Oh, my. The kisses of Calvary. Thy name is as ointment poured forth. The savor of it. Oh, I like to go down to the church house. That's where they know His name. That's where they speak His name. Thank the Lord. The Holy Ghost will breathe His name. Mmm. That song of songs. You notice that was a Psalm 40. Brought me up also out of a horrible pit and lifted my feet, set me on a solid rock. Am I saying it right? And put a new song. I got an uncle smarter than most and Got degrees in science, degrees in math. And he'd studied out that music. And then I did another study with another fellow that was borderline genius. Do you know the Bible said that the voice of the Lord is as the sound of many waters. It's as the sound of rushing waters. The sound of waters poured forth. With all of our science and technology these days, they found out that in falling water is all eight octaves. There's eight octaves. Am I right? There's eight octaves. And all eight octaves from low to high are in the sound of falling water. They said falling water is musical. This is why you sing better in the shower. <laughs> Some of you need the water on all the way. There's a reason we ask you to take up the offering and stack the chairs. There's a reason. And, but, that, but that fallen water. And they said even in a little trickle of water, if there is a little trickle of water coming off a little rock and hitting another rock, even in that you can measure the highs and the lows. It trickles. That's why it's soothing. Go by a waterfall. And they say the Niagara Falls. 
and the Victoria Falls. I've been to both of them uh, in Africa and Buffalo, New York. I was on a mission trip both times. Went to New York as a foreign mission trip. Been to Buffalo twice, really, both times, to witness to a lost man. And both times they got saved. And both times they thought it was impossible cases. Matter of fact, Brother Pastor, uh, Kevin Campbell. He was with them in Palatka when you was a boy. Kevin Campbell flew to Buffalo, New York with him. And he said, my dad is hard. My dad is tough. My dad's agnostic. They don't want nothing to do with God. We flew up there just to witness to him. Walked in the door in three minutes, me and his dad. And his dad said, what do you do to get saved? Uh, Kevin's been talking about it. <laughs> Kevin's in the next room crying like a baby. And we're in there getting saved. Amen. Well, that rushing water. You know what I think when the Lord puts a new song in you? It's when He saves you. How does He save you? We get saved by the Word of God. Thank you. We get saved by the front pew's a little slow tonight. We get saved by the Word of God. Well, it's actually the Word of the Lord. I think He saves you by speaking it into you. I need a little help now. He spoke your name. He called you. It was His Word that said, I personally think the Lord saved you. And it runs through you. And it's that fallen water. And it's melody, it's music that hits your, it's actual music that hits your soul. I think when he saves you, it runs that through you, that speaking, that word, that sound. It runs through you, and it's musical, and you come away singing. Singing a new song. Mmm. That's why when you leave church, you come in dragging, defeated, discouraged, headache, aggravated. Praying to be married to another woman just for a week or so. And just try somebody else. No, I know y'all don't ever feel that way. And uh, yours ain't here. You can say amen. And uh, sometimes I say, Lord, it's the wrong one. And then Jennifer gets right and everything gets better. Don't you tell your mama nothing, child. I've got the advantage this week. Oh, you come in and everything at the house and everything at the job and everything in your mind and everything. And you go to church. And the body assembles. And the breath gets to flowing. And the blood gets to flowing. And we sing an old song from Lance Carpenter. And the old man of God stands up and shouts. And the shepherd, he weeps over us a little bit. And, uh, and we come together. And, uh, and, and then the Lord starts speaking, starts moving. And it can't help it. It's melodious. It's musical. It runs through your soul. And all the way home, you're like, on a day, honey, you're beautiful. That will be. Let's get ice cream. I married the right woman. <laughs> Stuff like that. Oh, my. It'll leave you singing. Look how he loved her. Look how he loved her. Number two. I want you to look how he lifted her. Verse four. I was thinking about the old song a while ago. Love lifted me. Look how he lifted her. Verse four. 
Draw me, she said. We will run after thee. The king hath brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. Watch this in verse 5. said, I am black, but comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem. As the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. In verse 6, looked like she had been made to be a slave. Look not upon me because I am black, because the sun hath looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. She was the outcast of the family. They made me the keeper of the vineyards. But mine own vineyard have I not kept. Oh, look at that now. Look how he lifted her. Now, I don't know what all to read into this, but she was in a pretty low place. She said, the sun's bore down on me. I've had to be a slave out here. She said, I may be black because of what what they did to me and what the sun's done to me and what slavery's done to me. She said, but I'm comely because he wanted me. I love that drawing business. Let's talk about that for a minute. I may... I may talk about something here in just a minute about that black business. God's stirred some things in my heart in the last month. I'm going to tell you all something. Lift your eyebrows for a second. Black lives matter to God. I'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, yes. got to be real careful, selective in my congregations. <laughs> but I'm going to share you all a little something. Let's talk about that drawing first. Draw me! Draw me! Oh, isn't that how he got us? He drew us. No man can come into the Father except the drawing. That John 6, you're not going to come without that drawing power. Alright, now watch that. He drew her. I believe that was salvation. Now, she, she turned the tables on him down there in verse 12. She said, now I'm going to draw him. While the king sitteth at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. A bundle of myrrh is my well beloved. He shall lie all night betwixt my breast. My beloved is unto me as a cluster of campfire. He was sitting at the table in the evening. And she was in those chambers of love. And she sent him forth the smell of perfume and fragrance. She said, I'm going to draw him in here. You know the amazing, I saw this 20-something years ago, how this thing works for the Lord. He spends the first part of our life drawing us to him till he gets us there. And then we spend the rest of the days trying to find him, trying to get him, trying to pull him. <laughs> what are we doing in here tonight? We're sending up the smell of our incense, our praise, our submission, our prayers, our worship. We're trying to draw Him into this service. And if He comes, we'll lie all night in the bosom of our beloved. Isn't that something? He come looking for you. And then you spend the rest of your life looking for Him. You can see that all through this. Oh, my. He came to Calvary. That's how I got saved. Now, you know what we spend the rest of our days Going back to Calvary. Oh, that thing works like this. Draw me. Draw me. Let me 
There's probably not no Calvinists in here. Dalton hadn't gone Calvinist. Okay. No Calvinist. He's going to church of God with that Paisley pinstripe thing happening right there. But other than that, I mean, we got a Southern Baptist outfit, church of God. I'm leaving you alone, Brother Reese. I don't know what's happening there. Your bottom half's a pastor. Your top half's heading out to evangelism. Me and Brother Dent, we got the undertaker thing going on here, black suits. We're independent fundamental of that. We're black suits, the two of us. I need a suit. I need a not to ask in front of everybody, but I've left them all at the dry cleaner. David, you still my friend? You know people downtown? Okay. All right, it's settled. Isn't that good? going to have me a new suit. Yes, sir. You're going to look at this every night. Every night. If Corona's been bad on your economy, I'll loan you the money and you pay me back later. We'll get a suit. <laughs> I'm sure there's no Calvinists in here, but boy, they love to get over here in John 6 and say, No man can come except the Father which has sent me draw him. And then they're going to act like that God only wants to draw a few. Well, just in case you run into a Calvinist on the Internet Highway, there's a lot of them on there. You take them back to John 5. John 6 said, you cannot come. But John 5, he said to the same Jewish leaders, you will not come. They skipped chapter 5. There's some folk that can't come because they wouldn't come when he wanted them to come. And then they definitely need to run on down to John 12. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw just a small minority of the elect unto me. I need a little help in here. Keep that gospel right. I'll draw all men unto myself. John 6 has a John 5 and a John 12. Amen. Oh, that drawing. He drew me. Holy Ghost drew me. And then we've put off our praise and our incense and and we've been drawing Him. And the thing comes and goes. Dana Williams preached years ago on Jacob. The life of Jacob is a series of withdrawals and visitations. Withdraw, God will withdraw His presence and then there will be a manifestation of His presence. And there to be a season of God withdrawing and then a season of God manifesting. And you can see that here too. I love to look and see how the Lord lifted us from where we were. I love your testimony. I've told it several times. One time I was telling it and acted like it was mine. Forgot I was telling yours. Somebody said, really? You live in South Georgia? It's all messed up in sin? I said, yeah. No, no, that was my... But anyway, yeah, it was a good story. <laughs> Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Well, let's go on here. Look how he loved her. Look how he lifted her. And in verse 7 and 8, look how he led her. How did he lead her? She said in verse 7, Tell me... O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flocks to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside 
by the flocks of thy companions. And he answered her, If thou know not, O thou fairest among women, here's the way to go. Here's where you'll find the Lord. Here's how you'll not turn aside. I'm going to talk to you all about that in just a minute. He said to her, Go thy way. I'm in verse 8. Go thy way forth. Watch this. By the footsteps of the flock. Feed thy kids besides the shepherd's tents. Mm, mm, mm. Let's do verse 8 first. Won't take but 30 seconds. Look how he led her. He told her how to go. Two things. Follow the footsteps of the flock. That's what Brother David was doing tonight when he stood up here and he said, this is how Brother Lance told us to do it. He was following the footsteps of where they've been. He said to her, find the footsteps where the flock has been and follow the footsteps of the flock. I want to stay with the church. I want to stay with the Bible. I want to stay behind the old timers. I want to go. Them old men that can't be here this year and some of them can't be here no more, I'm going to follow their footsteps. Where did they go? How did they do it? How did they get to where they're at? I'm going to follow the footsteps of the flock and I'm going to feed my kids besides the shepherd's tent. Kids, the little lambs. Go down there where the shepherds are. Won't you go to where the flock's already been? And won't you park yourself down there by the shepherd's tent? I'm real glad that my son is parked tonight right next to an old shepherd. That's good, ain't it? He's right up next to a shepherd. They know each other. That old shepherd knows my son. My son knows that old shepherd. That's a good place for our kids to be. Beside the shepherd tent. Amen. You actually look nice tonight, Dalton. I'm proud of you. Being in here next to these shepherds. You're in a good place. And they're by the shepherd's tent, where the shepherds have their tent. Oh, my. Hang out at them shepherd's tents. You don't want to be one that turns aside after the companions. Verse 7. Did y'all see it? Underline it. Let's be real careful in these last hours of apostasy that we don't turn aside. I'm going to chew all y'all out for a minute except for the older men. Can I scold you for a minute? I'm going to get down here. I want to be so nice to you. I'm going to be humble. But I have a great fear in my heart and a great burden in my heart. A bunch of us raised in the old time way. want to say we're in the old time way and then live. Our daily life another way. It bothers me. It burdens me. It frightens me. It's fearful. Because we'll lose you in just a minute. We're going to lose you in just You can't flirt. You can't dance. You can't tap. You can't tap dance on that line. I'm going to look at the floor and say something because I hate to give you all a whipping. 
Y'all better get back to what some of your grandmas and grandpas taught you how to act and how to dress and how to live and how to be and how not to be. They were right when they said stay away from the world and don't look like the world. I love all y'all. I've lost. We've lost an entire generation. Working through little issues and some were right and some were wrong and some were goofy and some were godly. But get caught up in the forest and lose sight of the tree. We all know what a smart aleck Pharisee is and we don't want to be that. We've lost a whole generation. They quit following the footsteps of the flock and they got turned aside. By the companions. People running alongside. There's a bunch of us raised under old-timey preachers and old-timey parents and grandparents. And then a tidal wave of hell came through this nation. A tidal wave of hell came through this nation. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and now perversion and sodomy and transgender and baby killing. You, you didn't go that far, but you went that far. You didn't go over there where they all went, but you left where we were and went over to here. You and you, the leaders of this church, do you know they ain't but a handful left in the entire generation of ours? that even know who the old-timers were. And nobody left. Let's stay at home base. Mm -hmm. Let's stay at home base. And a lot of church kids raised the last 60 years had to work their way through different things. And some of them worked their way right out of the will of God and right out of the Word of God and right out of the old-time ways. We had to throw some wash out. Dear Lord, some of them just throwed the baby right out with the wash. Didn't pay attention when it screamed and cried and ran off to just have a good time. God put something in this row of young ladies and these young men. God put something in them. It won't be those that turn aside. They're going to follow the footsteps of the flock. And park down there by the shepherd's tents. Do y'all know when the Lord came? Brother Dent, listen to this. I'm going to quote the Christmas story. Did you know the Christmas story is second coming prophecy? And they were in the same country the first time Jesus came. Shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night abiding in the field. You didn't know I could preach a four-point sermon in ten seconds. Don't make me do it the rest of the week. <laughs> then you got to buy me a suit. I'll loan you the money if you need it. You can send it to me next week. This is all worked out. 
I don't trust none of these to buy me a suit tonight. <laughs> I need to talk to Miss Diane about what's happening here. This is like a midlife crisis for a preacher. <laughs> Since we can't afford a Corvette. Right. <laughs> the Christmas story. You know what shepherds were doing the first time he came? I think they'll be doing the second time. They'll be keeping watch over their little flock. It'll be night. There'll be, what's this big word here, don't have time to, abiding. Isn't that John 15, the Spirit-filled life? Abiding in the field. Keeping, keeping watch. You owe me a suit too for that Chinese buffet sermon I gave you in Knoxville. He's getting me a suit. Now you can get me a suit. It's the only one I got. Remember what I told you at the China buffet? I ate and you cried. I had a good time. I had three plates. You were just crying and bawling. They was about ready to call the medics. What's wrong with this red-headed man with you? He's under conviction. Leave him alone. <laughs> God wants him in South Georgia and he's all tore up. Bring me another bowl of egg drop soup. What about him? I don't worry about him. God's going to kill him or take him to South Georgia. He'll be fine. <laughs> I said the old shepherd's going to go sit down and pray for him. But I need to, but what about look at I said, we need a preacher. I need a shepherd. Shepherds. That's what it looked like the first time it came. It's exactly what it's gonna look like. It's night time. We'll be out in the field. And what popped up? A large heavenly host of angels. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. He's here. Well, guess what, Yenzes? That's for the Tennessee people. Y'all. That's for y'all. Guess what? There's fixing to be a large sound come out of the sky, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God in Christ. We're fixing to leave out of here. Fixing to leave out of here. Oh... How he led her. Where are you? Where can I find you? Where is it you're feeding? Where do you make your flock to rest? Well, there's one more here, and I'm not going to deal with it, but notice how he looked to her. Verse 9 I have compared thee, O my love, to a company of horses in Pharaoh's chariots. Thy cheeks are comely with rows of jewels. Thy neck with chains of gold. We will make thee borders of gold with studs of silver. She said, oh, I'm going to draw him and we're going to uh, have a time of love. And then she said in verse 15, Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove's eyes. Behold, thou art fair, my beloved. Yea, pleasant. Oh, how he looked to her. How he looked to her. Where's my little picture? 
afraid some of y'all have been... We've all been looking at this. I need to get back. Boy, if we could just look at him this week. If we could just look at him this week. Guess what? Most of our friends may not be able to be here. Our little old row of men of God may not be able to be here. Some of our best old friends done gone to heaven can't be here. But if he if he shows up, he'll be enough. He'll be enough. How he looked to her. I want you to bow your heads. Brother David, would you softly play something for us? We won't even need to sing. Just softly play. And uh, if anybody would like to come and meet me on this altar, God would make Jesus precious to us this week. We'd hear His voice, see His countenance, fall in love with Him again. I want everybody to stand. Come down and pray with us. Oh, how He led her. Some of you need to come and thank Him for how He lifted you. Where you were when the Lord found you. What you were when the Lord found you. You ought to come and thank Him. How many young people would meet me down here? But you'd turn not aside, not go after a boy, not go after some wicked girl, not go with the crowd, not be turned aside to the party, not be turned aside to the sound of the music, but stand like the three Hebrew boys. How many young people would come down here and pray with me? Let's go ahead and open up this Monday night. Get around this altar. How many of you young ladies would come? Come and pray. That I'd not be turned aside. But I'd be one that stayed down there by the shepherd tent. How many of you young men will come? I don't want to leave the shepherds. I don't want to leave the flock. I'll follow the footstep of the flock. Go down there beside the shepherd's tents. That'd be the church, wouldn't it, Brother Jamie? Where the shepherds have a tent set up. The tabernacle. What's in that tent, shepherds? Woo! What's in this little white, little tabernacle here, shepherds? Hey! That'd be the church, wouldn't it? That banquet in the house, that'd be the church. That inner chamber where he loves us, that'd be the local church. Oh, my. Find you a place and pray. God help us this week. Yeah. Brother David, that's such a beautiful song. We ought to sing it. We ought to just sing it. Yes. 